Hey everybody, it's Tim. Welcome or welcome back to the LOH Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast and our YouTube channel where you can access all of our message content. Most importantly, I hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Today, I want to talk in the short time that we have together about interruptions. Interruptions, like Roberta Skiles. Interruptions. (laughs) Who in here likes to be interrupted? Nobody, right? Do you like it when your kid interrupts you? I mean, does that happen a lot or what? Uh, Mom, 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 mommy. (laughs) Dad, dad, uh, Jet doesn't know English that much, but he knows dad, dad. And I want him to tell me what he actually wants, but now he's just got in a habit because I respond and he's da, 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 everything. And um, I don't know what he wants. Sometimes it's frustrating. I gotta be honest, it's frustrating. But nobody, if you just ask them if they like interruptions, will say that you like interruptions. You just don't. And especially in life, when you're going about life, walking through the journey, I think we all at least hope or expect, I want my life to go in a straight line with no hiccups, with no interferences, no one getting my way. God's given me a promise. I'm standing on it. I'm reading the word and I'm just a pretty little Christian and everything's going to work out as planned. Does that ever happen? (laughs) But if you're honest, right, and we're supposed to be honest in the church, we all, at least me, maybe it's, maybe it's more me than you, and if it's not you, then whatever. We all want our lives to go a certain way and to not be interrupted. But the reality is that's not true ever. <laughs> if you're young, I'll, I'll just tell you, I hope God fulfills all of his dreams and his purposes and his plans in your life, but it's probably not Come on, old people, agree with me. It's, it's seasoned people. It's probably not going to go exactly, exactly. Let's just say this. It's not going to go exactly as you planned. But here's the thing with God. If you allow him along the journey to interrupt when he wants and redirect when he wants... His plan will come through in your life. His plans will succeed. Amen? Amen. And that's what we want. You don't want to get to the end of your life and all your plans succeeded and it wasn't the plan God had for you. It wasn't in the way that God had for you and your family and what was the legacy you were going to leave. I hate the part in movies where it's like going so perfect and then you're like, why did they have to add that part in there? And it's like the cringe-worthy parts. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Does anyone else get secondhand embarrassment? Or like you're watching this good movie and you're like, I don't want to watch this movie because I know of this one part. Come on, you agree with me? This one part that's so frustrating that you can see coming from a mile away, but it happens. But if I believe if you ask the director 
and the, the, and the critically acclaimed movies, that these moments in the movie were actually monumental in how the movie came to be. And how the end came out so special and so glorious and everybody loved it because of that, let's just call it an interruption that happened in the moment in between that we didn't, that we didn't want to happen. <laughs> and we even turned our head and we cringed and we resisted at all costs for it not to happen. But in essence, it made the movie. And let me just tell you, there's things that happen in your life, things that have happened that you wish didn't happen and maybe even cause you to be cringeworthy or secondhand embarrassment or fearful that has affected you. But let me, let me just ask if we can allow God to allow that interruption to be the catalyst that brought us into the destiny in Christ that God had for us. Amen? Let, let it be that. I want it to be that, okay? If you look all through Scripture, there were, let's just, let's just call them for the sake of the title, interruptions throughout all of the Scripture. Abraham was given a promise by God, and then he was called to sacrifice his son. Let's just say that's a weird interruption to the story. Jacob wrestled with God. Joseph was sold into slavery. Come on, is that not an interruption? Moses out in the desert in the burning bush in the Red Sea. Moses has more interruptions than I can even bring to the table in his life. Joshua in crossing the Jordan where God had to part the seas and the walls of Jericho. Could that not be more of an interruption? Rahab, the prostitute, risking her life for the spies, and in turn her life was saved. David and Goliath, but also Nathan's rebuke, an interruption to his story. But, it, but right, it, both good and bad, and it caused his life to go in a certain direction. Daniel in the lion's den, perceived as an interruption. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. From their, right from their life and how it's going. They're, they're praying three days. They're committed to the Lord. And these things happen. Esther, for such a time as this, risks her life to save her people. They're killing her people. Peter, when he denied Jesus, and he's going a certain way. He's going, and, and, then, and then when Jesus is arrested, Jesus looks at him. I just think of that as like an interruption. And then Peter weeps. And then Paul on the road to Damascus, I have in my notes, Demarcus, and that's not right, but Damascus. <laughs> and, and of course, as we've been talking, the crossroads, <laughs> Jesus at the cross, right? What a beautiful, perfect life he lived, but had to go through and experience the cross. And even you have interruptions that I could list, I'm sure, and I do the same. And you say, God, my life would be amazing if this part didn't happen or but but if you look back and the years that come I'm hopeful that when you look back you will be thankful to God for the interruptions because some and even today are going on a course where God doesn't want you to go. And even as I'm talking, you're, you could be thinking about things 
that God doesn't want you to be thinking about. You have decisions, you have plans, and the Lord, I pray that you be open to it, wants to interrupt that so you don't live a life of destruction, so you don't live a life destined for hell in the grave. Let him interrupt you into life and life more abundantly. See, every single story is a part of the narrative of God. And every single person had a moment of interruption, a moment that broke the trajectory. Have you had a moment? Are you in a moment? The word interrupt, I like when I, when I feel like, sometimes I told the people in the green room, I have a message and I'm like, where did that even come from? I don't even know. So I'll get like a word in my head, of, in my head from the Lord. And then I'll have to like, Okay, there's something there, so let's define it, right? Let's look at like Webster's Dictionary, and this helps us uh, get more of an understanding of, you, of, of it. Do, does, do you do that? I, I do that, I don't know. So interrupt is to stop the continuous progress of an activity or process. Or to stop someone speaking, like Roberta, I, I say, I want you guys to interrupt me. I want you to say amen if it's good. I want you to say, stop talking if it's bad. And <laughs> by saying, or <laughs> we're supposed to be honest, right? Oh, yeah, that's not. Okay. By saying or doing something, um, break the continuity of a line or surface. Have you experienced interruptions in life? Things breaks in the line. And, and this goes so deep. So I was asking, you know, God, which way do I take this? Because with interruptions, like God can interrupt you. Jesus is a master interrupter of things. He will ruin you for his kingdom and his glory. But, but also he'll interrupt you to be an interruption in the world. Christians aren't supposed to just conform to the pattern in the ways of the world. Amen? Amen? We're supposed to go different. We're supposed to be interrupters. Is that a word I think it might be? We're supposed to be people that go into the world and make a difference, make, make a change, right? But I'm also talking about things in your life and experiences and circumstances where you say, God, where were you? God, what are you doing in my life? I don't see you. I don't have hope. I don't know what you're doing. And, and God, God wants to interrupt, and we hope he does, and he wants to interrupt and change your perspective, change your hope, change your future, change your plans, and keep you to not give up and not give in. And when we come to church, we want to be open to interruptions. And that's where I think we're going to land today and talk about. But, but, but some of you, listen, your, your life and your family's at stake. And, 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 and generations are at stake. And you need to allow the Lord to interrupt the direction that you're going. Come on, where's the sages at that, that need to say amen and affirm what I'm saying right here? Because we don't hear it a lot. 
that we can make our plans and it's beautiful and we can talk that God wants to bless our plans and be heading down a direction that is hell and destruction and not the way that God intends. And you need somebody to rebuke you and say, listen, because of your decisions that you're about to make, if you don't allow God to interrupt them, you'll be living down the broad road that leads to destruction and not the narrow way that God intends, which is John 10, 10, despite your circumstance, that God came that you might have life and life more abundantly. No matter what you're going through, that, that your life would be, your soul would be of abundance in such a way that you can be like Paul writing in prison that you've learned the secret of being content in every circumstance. Why is he content? Because it's the will of God. He's in the will of God. And it's not based on circumstance. Lord, interrupt us today. If I be going down a path that you don't want me to go, if I be thinking thoughts, because it starts with a thought, that will take me on a course that you don't have for my life, interrupt me. Stand in the way. Talk me out of it. Because we're so susceptible. And talk about the double-minded man and wavering and all he does. Unstable and all he does. God, I don't want to be that. Set on course. Set on pilgrimage. But God, if it be, I, I, I'm going down a path and you need to interrupt and move that pilgrimage. Move that direction. Move. Because I want to be focused towards you and heading in your direction. So let me ask you, are you thankful for God's interruptions? Have you thought about it? Probably not. Maybe you have. I am. Because there's things that have happened in my life that if it was up to me, I wouldn't let them happen. But I believe that God can orchestrate things and God can remove people. God can remove you from situations because you're longing for the will of God and he can protect you and guide you. Come on, I believe it. Oh, let it be for you and your children and your children's children and your family. Hallelujah. But these interruptions are not often easy and they can be a struggle and hard to walk through. But God is wanting to use it and he may have even designed what you're going through or what you will go through for his glory to be revealed. Yes, interruptions are often unexpected and not fun. But you know what's good about them. They keep you from going down the same thing you were doing, from going down the same path. Without the interruption, you would be going down the same road to destruction. So I say, Lord, interrupt. Lord, interrupt. Let's pray. Lord, whoever this is to, God, you know exactly, you know their name, you know what's written on their mailbox, you know every num number of hair on their heads, your thoughts about them, about them, outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. God, you care so deeply about every part of our being, and you have good plans for us, as the song says.
you have good plans. But Lord, help us to realize that our flesh doesn't have good plans. Help us to realize that the enemy doesn't have good plans. Yeah, it might look pretty and it might be outlined with pleasure and look good on the outside. But Lord, help us to see that it's temporary. And anything that's not of you, I pray that you remove it. I pray that you interrupt us. God, we want to be more like you. We want to be more like you. So lead us and guide us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We can open up our Bibles to John 5. And if you are with us on our Wednesday night Bible study, which again we don't have this week because of the National Day of Prayer event, we went over this and uh, I couldn't help as Pastor was sharing, oh, so many things going through my head. Um, how about you? Do you guys ever do that? Like where we're talking about a message and you're just like, he says one thing and you're like, okay, I'm going to take that and run with it. And then you're like, okay. And then you snap back to reality. Whoop, there goes gravity up the, and <laughs> Y'all know that? Y'all don't know that song? Okay. Oh, crap. <laughs> where was I? Um... Yeah, and you just take it like that. No, you take it and run with it, and then you snap back to reality. Gosh, I can't say that line without, okay. And, um, <laughs> and then you're like, where were we? <laughs> and that's what I'm like, okay. So, yeah, so that was this. And uh, I, I, I couldn't help but thinking about interruptions in this. But uh, John chapter 5, verse 1 through 15. Are you in that location? Yes. Have you made it there? Yes. Great. Wonderful. So, let me preface this by saying that Jesus was an interruption. And if you read the Gospels of the way people are going with the Pharisees, with even the tax collectors and sinners, from the way their life was going before Jesus to when Jesus came on the scene... Was he not an interruption to everything that was going on? And in this story, we see Jesus. And again, when I talk about interruptions, I don't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, right? And it can be perceived from the outside or the surface that it is a bad thing, an interruption. But we believe that God's interruptions are for our good, for our benefit. So, Jesus was an interruption, okay? And, and he still is to the world still is and he is through us he's supposed to be through us okay stop delaying it and let's get to it all right John 5 1 through 15 after this a Jewish festival took place and Jesus went up to Jerusalem by the sheep gate in Jerusalem there is a pool called Bethesda in Aramaic which has five colonnades Within these lay a large number of disabled. Say disabled. disabled. It was like 30% said it. Um, say disabled. disabled. Mm, man, you guys are stubborn. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Everybody say it. Everybody say it. That's good. I love it when everybody says it. Large number of disabled. Blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been disabled for 38 years. Come on, get the picture. Let it take you there. When Jesus saw him lying there and realized he had already been there a long time, he said to him, 
gosh, Jesus. Do you want to get well? Sir, the disabled man answered, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, but while I'm coming, someone goes down ahead of me. Think about where his focus is. Get up, Jesus told him. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, the man got well. Thank you, Jesus. Picked up his mat and started to walk. Now that day was the Sabbath, and so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, this is the Sabbath. The law prohibits you from picking up your mat. He replied, the man who made me well told me to pick up my mat and walk. Who is this man who told you, pick up your mountain walk, they said. But the man who was healed did not know he was because Jesus slipped away in the crowd. After this, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, this is important, see, see, you are well. And do not sin anymore so that something worse doesn't happen to you. The man went and reported to the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. Therefore, the Jews began persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Now, I'm just going to pick up a few pieces of that. And don't let the pieces that you don't understand that I might not touch on, don't let it affect you, right? Don't. Yes, it's for another message. But I want us to talk about this interaction with the man by the pool, this interruption. This man, this man, Jesus comes to him. Guys, he's been disabled. I love that, well, I don't love, but I do love that they use that word because I think there's implications for a lot of us in this. Jesus comes up to him and says, do you want to get well? And his response is, I'm living this way. I'm hoping this way. I see things this way. And Jesus comes into the situation and asks perhaps an offensive but thought-provoking question, and he does to us today too, do you want to get well? In essence, do you really want to change? I mean, I know you initially did, but you've been living this way for so long, and you've been living this way so long and, and your perspective and your mind is set. In essence, it's like a stronghold that's been set in this specific course. And, and Jesus comes to ask this triggering question that could make you upset and could make you angry. But the question just, just means, do, hey, hey, do you really want to change? And it's, and it's an important question to ask us. Sitting and listening to words about God and words about Jesus that he's good. And, and we sit and we just, you know, I, 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 you know I, I consider myself a Christian. I consider myself a follower of Jesus. But, you know, I'm going to still live my life this way. I'm still going to walk this way. And God, the scripture says that this man was disabled. And perhaps there's implications for us. So, so l let, me just, let me just step back and go into this. When do we need interrupted? Let's look at this scripture. Number one is when your perspective is off. When your perspective is off. This man was disabled. You're writing notes, you can write, perspective is off. This is when I need interrupted. Perspective is off. This man was disabled. Have you ever played video games and you like disabled something? There's like an enable button and a disable. 
<laughs> is that too simple? Like, yeah, you, and this man was in the disabled. Come on, Josh. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> this, this man was in the off position, right? This, this thing, this feature was, was off. And, and he needed interrupted because his, let's just say his perspective was off. And why was this man in the off position? Well, because of what he's experiencing in his body, and you can experience the same thing in your mentality or, or physically or emotionally, your perspective can get off, right? It's what you dwell on. It's what you're going through. So your perspective is not on God's goodness and God's grandness and what God is able to do, right? Because you're, you're struggling in your body, but also he was in the off position and was disabled. I couldn't help but seeing because of where his focus was set. And you can be living a life lacking fruit and lacking influence and lacking any sort of peace and joy in your life just because of where your focus is set. Due to how his perspective of how God would work, how God would heal him, how he would be set free, it was so limited to what he had seen or heard, he was missing it and it was right in front of his face. Have you ever experienced this? Because Jesus is always the release. Come on. Jesus is always the release. Jesus himself is always the deliverance. Nowhere else. If you just got that thing, that's not your deliverance. That's not your freedom. If you just got that promotion or that paycheck, if you just had that real good marriage or family. Yeah, those things are great, but they're supplements. Jesus is the freedom. And you single men, single women, Jesus is the freedom. Jesus is the release. Jesus is the joy. He's the satisfaction. He's the fulfillment. Come on, find it in him. It's not going to be in a person. Figure that out now. It's not going to be in a person or a thing or an experience. Jesus is the release. Jesus himself is the deliverer. So when do we need interrupted? Well, when our perspective starts to get off because it can go in another direction quick. So we need our direction. We need to think of him rightly. We need to be focused on him. Number two, and these, these are just three things that I have I want to share that can develop from each other. When your perspective gets off, your hope can be lost. And you could, be, you could be in a moment right now where you feel like, you, you know, I just don't even know the way to think. I, I don't even know where to put my perspective. And if you're not careful, it can go from your perspective being off the mark, missing the mark, to then your hope being lost. Well, God, this doesn't look like what I had planned. God, this is harder than I thought. God, I thought I would be farther along than this. If I could just, if we just had, if you just came through in this way, or it's always going to be this way, and God Almighty comes through into this situation and asks you a ridiculous question. Do you want to get well? 
Oh, man. Or do you constantly want to rehearse the lies that you've put before God when he asks, do you want to get well? And his response is an excuse. You gotta, you gotta see that. He's been disabled for 38 years and somebody comes and says, do you want to get well? And his response is not yes. It's an excuse. And we do that all the time. We do that all the time. Perhaps Jesus today is asking you that same question. Do you want to get well? I mean, we come in to church and sometimes we pretend like it's, in, it's a hospital, but it's just to, it's just to get just, to, just enough. And every time we come and, and we have an excuse or we have a thought or, or we come and we restrict our hearts and we guard our hearts, yeah, and we say hi and it's just, just enough. But have we really opened up ourselves, man? Really opened up ourselves to let Jesus come in and have his way. Or, God, we have an excuse. We have these preconceived ideas about what church is like, what worship's like, what a message is like, what, what being in the pew is like, what going to church on a Sunday morning is like. Do we actually want to get well? 1 Peter 1.3 this should be some encouragement. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope. Everyone say a living hope. Come on, you shouldn't be without hope. You should not be without hope. I know your circumstance. I know what you're going through. The Lord knows what you're going through. But there's hope that's an anchor for your soul. Come on, somebody. Oh, it's only found in him, not your circumstance. I'm going to read this whole thing. Again, to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. That's crossroads. That's what we've been talking about. To an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by interruptions, by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. A living hope, God a living hope you have a living hope a hope with breath on it with life on it a hope that affects the world and interrupts things because it's something the world doesn't have guys it's something the world doesn't have and the church like never before should stand on the hope that is an anchor for the soul when the world goes nuts when all you see around you is chaotic, you stand on that firm foundation, the hope that's an anchor.
for your soul. But when hope is lost, when your perspective is off, off and your hope is lost, which so many in the world are experiencing now, even in the church, quitting is considered quitting and giving up. This man disabled for 30 years had given up. I, right? Didn't he? His freedom came right in front of his face and asked him the question he's been so longing to hear. Do you want to get well? And he knows the answer back front and forward. But his response, he had quit because his response wasn't yes. Let me ask you this. How complicated are you going to make it? You see, I talk about being an overthinker, but oftentimes <laughs> the, re the reality is you're an underthinker. When you start thinking thoughts and it goes chaotic and it goes turbulent in your brain, you ever, sometimes you're not even thinking rationally. Does that make sense or no? Am I crazy? And we say, oh, I'm just an overthinker. And it's like, no, actually, you're not. You're, you're kind of an underthinker. You let certain thoughts trigger other thoughts that just go wild in your brain. And you're like, I'm an overthinker. I'm going crazy. What I love about Jesus is that when you see him work in the Gospels, so many times, it's like, Jesus, your answer was too simple. You ever experienced, you ever noticed that? It's like, no, 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 but we've been talking about this and we've been doing, um, let's just say a Bible study or a life group and you're talking all these things and these theological things and, and you're like, wow, this is cool, but it's like complicated or whatever. And then you come to Jesus and he says things like, if you're tired, come to me and you'll find rest. And then he says, if you just remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And then he says, like, apart from me, you can do nothing. So just abide and just remain in this place. And they say, Jesus, well, what are the law and the prophets? And he says, well, just love God with everything and love your neighbor as yourself for the law and the prophets hang on these things. I mean, I can't help but think that Jesus would be simplifying things so clear for us. It's just like, oh, that makes sense. That makes like that makes sense, and it's and it, and it lifts the burden, it lifts the weight, and this helps all of us overthinkers because he's like, I never told you you had to do that anyways. Just rest in me, just abide in me. You've made all this standard and this pyramid, this tower of Babel to get to me, but I came to you and I made a way for you, and you are my son and my daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stand like it, talk like it, act like it. I am, you are, who I say you are. That's why before Jesus ever did anything in ministry, God said, that's my beloved son. He gets baptized and says, that's my beloved son in whom I'm what? Well pleased. Well pleased. Well pleased. So what do I have to do? Hey, buddy, just be in my favor. Just be in my 
I'm just so, so pleasant about my son. I'm just so in love with you. I want to give you good things. Come on, you've overcomplicated it. That's what we do in the church. We're kings and queens of overcomplicating the simple good news of the gospel is you come to Jesus and you find life. Give him praise. You come to Jesus and you find life. You come to Jesus and you find life. And everywhere else is counterfeit. Everywhere else is temporal. But in Jesus, you find life. And life more abundantly. What if you knew that every good and perfect thing came from him? James 1.17. What if you knew your God would supply all your needs according to his riches and glory? Philippians 4. What if you knew when you sought him and waited on him, you would receive power from on high, Acts 1.8? What if you knew if you dwelt in the shelter of the Most High, you would abide under the shadow of the Almighty? Psalm 91. But are we too busy? I was reading this to Dakota last night on my computer when she just sat by me and she was really watching. I was like, but are we too busy? And she's like, no, no. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. <laughs> she was like really happy. Like, I was like, what if you knew? And she's like, mm-hmm. And then, no. <laughs> <laughs> but we have our plans, our budget, our dreams, and, and we bring them to God, which is good. But can he have them? I'll, I'll say that again. We're, we are too busy and we have our plans. We have our, our budget, our dreams, the line that we plan to go on. And we bring them to God, right? You're here this morning. You're br we bring them to God, which is good. But can he have them? And can he mess with them? And can he change them? Only you know if he can. Only you know. And I, and, and I, I want my answer to be yes. I really do. Don't you? Yes or no? Like, there's no better place to say that than here. Because if you say no here, I mean, out in the world, it's almost impossible. Here, you're, we're like in a vacuum, and it's like, say what I want you to say. No, but, like, no, th but this is important that you come because you're like leaving the outside and you like come into this space and hopefully it's, it feels like the house of the Lord and it feels like a special place to you. But it should also be a place where like you get real and, and, and someone speaks to you and maybe it, it rebukes you or convicts you. And, and I think it's important to ask the question, like, can ha God have the parts of you? Can God have every part of you? Can God interrupt your plan? <clears throat> when, when Jesus had to go to the cross, did he want to? Oh, theologians would probably like kill me right now, but I'm just like, the, the man, Jesus, he was a man, 
I don't think he wanted the nails in his hands. And, and in the garden, he asked, Lord, if there be any other way, right? I would take it. That's basically what he said. But not my will, yours, okay? It's, that's such a hard prayer. Like, if you're honest, it's a little bit easier, like, when you're about to go to college, because you're like, I don't have a clue anyway, so God, whatever your will is. But... <laughs> Um, and it's just a way to like make us feel good because we don't have a clue. And some people think they do, which, hey guys, that's, that's a big sign that they don't have a clue. They think they got their 10-year plan and all right, yeah. I read some newspaper clippings about me going into Georgetown. It's like, he's going to be a business major and he's going to do this. And I'm like, I wasn't even a business major. So I'm like, why did I even say that? You ever read old text messages? Oh my gosh, okay, I'm getting off. <laughs> But it gets harder the older you get. And you start acquiring things. Your, your wife or your husband and your kids and your job and your security and your home and what you know to be true. And then it becomes harder to say, God, would it... You know what I mean? Like, really... Whatever you want. You know, when I was 14, God, and you called me, and I said, Lord, whatever you want, I meant it. And God, I'm, I'm 30 now, and I do, I have more to my name, I have more people relying on me, and this and that, but God, it's a little bit harder, but Lord, whatever you want, Can I just vent? Like, that's the reality of my, like, you, whatever. Anyone tracking with me? Like, interrupt, remove, take out, redirect, shift, whatever you want. I'm yours. I'm yours. Nothing else matters. And I know it's hard, guys. Husbands, I know it's hard. Grandparents, it's hard. Or, or people, we've done things so long the same way. And it's not that you have to change or you have to go or remove yourself. But this question is important. God, whatever you want to interrupt. Because I want your way, not mine. I do. I want your way, not mine. So preserve me, O oh God, for in you I take refuge. I'm going to read this psalm. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no, next slide, I have no good apart from you. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Did you guys just read that? Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names with my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my 
law. Let's keep reading. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Come on, this is with the Lord. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night. Also, my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Come on, whatever, whatever you're going through, whatever interruption, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption or decay. You make known to me the path of life and in your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16. Amen. 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 Come on. That's in the house of the Lord. That's in the counsel of our God. That's abiding in him. That's remaining in him. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I want to be open. God, interrupt me when I don't see it the way you do. I want to be open. I'm open to God's intervention and impartation and illumination. What you're doing is so amazing today. It's, it's so wonderful to be in the house of the Lord. And I bless you and I encourage you and I applaud you. Thanks for being in the house of the Lord today. But it doesn't guarantee that you're open to God's interruptions. It just provides an opportunity. But the enemy wants you to be like the disabled man. Disabled, without even realizing it. The definition of disabled, disabled definition, a disease, injury, or accident limits someone in their movements, senses, or activities. It's an injury that could disable somebody for life. Another definition is to put out of action. And the enemy wants us to stay bound in this place. Lord, I pray right now for anybody, anybody that feels put out of action, put on the sidelines, feels excluded, their perspective is off, they've been shifted from enabled to disabled perhaps their hope is lost and they're considering giving up and quitting and just leaving the whole thing and the enemy wants them bound in this place of disability wants them to label themselves as disabled and resisting all help from Jesus all help from the outside man Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you break that off them. That our response would be a willing response. Do you want to get well? It would say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, we want to get, we, we get well. Psalms 18. <laughs> 
Psalms 18, I love you, Lord, my strength. I'm reading all of Psalms 18. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. That's God. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise. And I've been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. And from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils. Consuming fire came from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. Come on, I got nine more verses. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. This is your interruption. <laughs> he made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered the enemy with great bolts of lightning. He routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord. At the blast of breath from your nostrils, he reached down. Do it now, Lord. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Come on, get your glory, Lord. Talk about an interruption. Get your glory in my life. Get your glory in my life. In the places where I am paralyzed and hindered and disabled, Lord. Come in. Swoop in and do your work. Do your work. I don't want to go back to Egypt. I don't want to go back to slavery. I don't want to go back to eating the pods that the pigs eat. I want to be in your will, Lord. I want to be where you want me. Jeremiah, call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I will answer you. Call to me and I will answer. Hallelujah. 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 There's glory in the house today. There's glory in the house today. There's deliverance in the house today. Come on, do you believe it? Jesus is in the house, so there's glory in the house. There's deliverance in the house. The power to be set free. Oh, my. Come on, can we just take a second and worship him? Can we worship? Can we lift our voice and sing a new song to the Lord? Oh, God, I give you everything. God, I give you everything. Come and do what you want today.
Come and do what you want. Whatever you will, Lord Jesus. Whatever you, whatever you want, Jesus. Come on, maybe, maybe lift your hands. Maybe lift your heart to heaven. Sing a new song to him. Come on, let, let it be released. The, the scripture says that he sings over you songs of deliverance. He's singing over you right now. Just receive it. No matter how you came in, it don't matter if you've been here before. Just, just sing it. Just, just lift your voice, lift your heart. Oh, he's releasing you. He's setting you free. He's setting hearts free. He's unlocking hearts. He has the key. He's got the master key. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Don't miss this. Don't miss this right in front. Don't miss this right in front of your face. Jesus Christ. It's not me. Jesus has a moment for you, an interruption for you. What is he saying? What's he saying? This is a, this is a moment in your life. Like, like that movie. It's a, it's a moment in your life of interruption that God is going to use to activate your destiny. To take you where he wants you to go. Do it, Lord. <laughs> Respond, son. Respond, daughter. Come on. Can I just minister? There's no one like you, Lord. There's no one like you, Lord. Sometimes you just got to let your heart sing. Sometimes you just got to let your voice out and stop restricting what the Spirit wants to do through your life. Oh my! Freedom and liberty by the Spirit and power of the Lord. Oh, no more disabled. No more mats. Pick up your mat and walk today. No, no, no. There's none on the sidelines. There's none excluded. Oh, power of the Holy Spirit, do your work today. Come on, are you open to interruption? Are you open? Are you open to intervention? Let him intervene. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, do your work. Jesus, do your work. Jesus, do your work. Let's stand. Come on, it doesn't matter the words you say. It doesn't matter the song you sing. As long as it's of your heart. As long as it's of your heart. The purity of your heart. You say, my heart's not pure. Yeah, it is. He made it your heart pure. He took out your heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh. Don't let the accuser talk to you that way. Don't let him talk to you that way. Come on, you're a son and daughter. Lift up the purity. To the Lord, it's pure. To the Lord, it's blameless. Come on. So lift it up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Come on, maybe lift your hands, lift your heart. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, come on, just say, we thank you, Lord. 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 Just a few thoughts as we end here to be open to God's interruptions. Number one is the practice of consulting God on decisions. This is what we're doing today. Oh, I think as we respond now, 
let me ask you these questions. Do the decisions come from a slow and open-minded response to conversation and devotion with God? Or do we just ask God to support the decisions we make? Are they rash, often emotional, anxious, angry, or fearful decisions? Or decisions out of loving union and abiding in the Father? Number two, daily and weekly rhythms in place to allow God, and these are on Version Bible app if you want to look at them later. Daily, weekly rhythms in place to allow God space to speak, direct, change, and form you. That's why I love doing this in the first thing in the morning. It's like, God, have your way in me. Speak to me. Give me, a, I pray for a divine appointment, Lord, where I can share about you. Help us to be lights. Help me and my family to be lights for you. Amen? A daily and weekly rhythm in place to allow God's space to speak, direct, change, and form. And then the third thing is this continual posture of humility and sensitivity to His voice and will. Even now, sometimes your answer can, can restrict the flow of your healing and the flow of your freedom. That man had an answer for Jesus, but it wasn't just, just yes, Lord. <laughs> Just, yes, Lord. And then to end, in their hearts, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord is the one to establish their steps. In other words, in their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord interrupts when necessary. So now, Lord, we get to this moment and we do all the time. And we know as, as clockwork that some are ready to go because they got better things. Some have plans. That's good. It's fine. It's fine. But others are in a moment that are really saying here's my life here's my family here's my job here's, here's my kids school here's our, our nation and our world and the, the course that they're heading down And God I prophesy in this little town called Cumberland and I prophesy for an interruption. And I, and I prophesy in my own life. Maybe you too are, are your life is set on the course. You are the broad road of destruction to a T. And the Lord provided this moment so you don't have to go to hell or you don't have to live in hell and he wants to redirect today if you hear his voice don't harden your heart it's better for you to go through hell now than hell later 
It's better for the cross now and the joy later. It's better for the suffering now and the joy later. Trust me. For those going down the wrong path, Lord, I pray for a great interruption and intervention in the name of Jesus. Only you can do it. Only you can do it, Lord. Come on, who's praying with me? Who's interceding with me? Who's prophesying with me? Come on, agree, church. Agree, church. Come on, he's rescuing some. <laughs> From the grip of Lucifer. He's rescuing them. He's breaking the yoke that's held their life. And it's no longer going to be a generational curse. It's no longer going to be the legacy and the description of your family because of the decision that you're making. Open their eyes, Lord. Take the veil off. Break it, Lord. Break it. And we know that we can because of what you broke on that cross. What you broke on that cross conquering the worst of things, death and the grave. You rose again, and now we're seated with you. We're seated with you. Son, come over that hill and see the Father running right after you. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just respond, man. There are no rules on how to respond. When God spoke to Abraham, he built an altar. The amount of altars that Abraham built were a lot. But every time he did, he just made an altar and worshipped God there. And that was before the law was given. That was before any sort of regulations or things telling people what to do. He, he did that. Let us do that now. Is that cool? Let's do that now. God, we make an altar. And we ask you, we, we truly want to get well. So lead us, direct us, and may you get the complete and utter 100% glory in our lives. Have your way, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is Pastor Dustin, and thanks for listening. If you live in the Western Maryland area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services or weekday gatherings. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environment, please visit myloh.church.